We're excited, and I, I tell you, it's been really awesome to be in this series, and um, I'm glad that you're here. We know that uh, it's Thanksgiving break. How many of you are out the whole week? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Everybody is. That's great. When I was when I was in school, we were out like we had to go to school Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Out Thursday, we might have had we might have had a half a day on Wednesday, but it was uh, it was a blessing to get out. And I'm glad that you guys have uh, a week off of school. That's just that's just awesome. Well, let me ask you a question before we get started. How many of you guys would consider yourself rich? How many of you guys would consider yourself rich? That some of you are like, yeah, well, how, just just how many of you guys would consider yourself rich? Oh, we got we, we got a few people in here. Uh, well, that that does anybody know the definition? Just the not biblical, just like Google. Don't Google it, but like Webster's Dictionary definition of rich. Anybody have a guess? Having a lot of something. That's that's it. Having an abundance of, that is the definition of rich. So uh, this morning, we're going to talk about, uh, as we continue through our Mark series, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the rich young ruler out of Mark chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, I want to ask that you turn there. If you have your, uh, your cell phones or uh, something, your, your devices with your Bible on it, that's fine too. If you need a Bible, we would love to give you one. Uh, we want everybody to have a Bible. This morning, I'm going to need you to follow along with us. So if you need a Bible, lift your hand up. Jenny will grab you one. Um, and if not, grab, sit next to someone who's got their device or a Bible, and we're going to dive in. We've got to go kind of quick this morning. And uh, I, I'll tell you, I've really, I've said this each week, but I really am uh, excited about this series that we're doing. And I really do invite you to be back tonight for our D groups. You know, you don't have school, so there's no excuse of, oh, man, I got homework to do. No, you don't have any homework. And even if your teachers gave you homework for uh, Thanksgiving break, that is not cool. We'll have a chat with your teachers and uh, and just tell them that they're awesome. And um, but, but, man, be here tonight. Be here tonight at 5 o'clock for our D groups. You don't want to miss it. Uh, and there is going to be free food for you, so... If nothing else, come for the food. But tonight, uh, excuse me, today, we're going to talk about a guy that you've probably heard of. You've probably heard of this character in Scripture. His name is, the, his name is or he's described as the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler. And as we dive into this, this talk this morning, I want to kind of share something with you just to be completely gut level honest as I was studying this. Um, as I was going through this scripture and as I was going through what Jesus was doing and trying to show us in this, in this scripture this week, man, I tell you, my, every perception that I had of the rich young ruler was blasted out of the water because um, we, always, we always see this in a different light and we miss some key words that, that we skip over super quick when we hear the story. And so this morning, I want to invite you just to dive in with me and uh, starting in verse 17, and we've got a lot of scripture, and we're going to kind of move really fast. So I want to invite you to take some notes. I want to invite you to, to just listen. I want to invite you to really let this scripture speak to you. Because I know a lot of these stories that we've been teaching on a, on a Sunday morning, I know a lot of these stories have been familiar ones. But the reason we're going through these is to see how they apply in your life. Because I can give an illustration and I can give you information, but I want you to take that application to your schools and to your homes. This week, you're going to be around your family. You're going to be around your friends. You're going to be around, you know, a lot of you are going to be working a lot this week. So I want you to take what we're talking about here and take it home with you. And let's apply it this week and then put it into practice as well. 
when we get back in school. So let's start in verse 17. Verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not uh, give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. He said, teacher, he declared, I've done all these things. Uh, All these I have kept since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go and sell everything that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great, great wealth. He looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Lord, I love you and I thank you for your word. I know this is a familiar story and I know we've probably heard this since we were in kids' church. But Father, I pray that you would Reveal ourselves in this scripture. Show us, show us our relationship with you through the rich young man. So Lord, I love you. I thank you for these teenagers. They mean so much to me. And I pray that you would bless them today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as we look at, um, as we look at the title the rich young man, we see, we need, to, we need to kind of piece some things together. Now, Matthew says that the man is young. So how do we know that the man is young? In the book of Matthew, when it talks about the story, it, it says that he is young. Now, also, how do we know that he's rich or he's a ruler? He, uh, Luke says that in the gospel of Luke. So we understand we put these things together through the gospels and why are there so many, why are there four gospels? Why are there many gospels? So that uh, the more proof of what Jesus did and the proof that Jesus was on this earth, man, it, it gives proof that he's real, he's alive and, and he did what he did. And so we come to this story, the rich young man or the rich young ruler. You've heard this before. You've heard this story. But let me kind of point out some things that might be a little different as we study this. As Jesus started on his way. So Jesus was leaving the city. He was going out of the city. And all of a sudden, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. So most of the time when we ever hear or talk about the rich young ruler, the rich young man, when we put this in our thoughts or it has been taught, it's like this guy comes up that he's just this rich man and he comes in and he kind of struts in and he sees Jesus and he sees Jesus and he kind of bends down and just says, hey, here I am. Here's what I've got. I'm a rich dude and uh, I want to know what it takes. I've got everything, but I want to know what it takes to have eternal life. But I see something a little different here. I see Jesus' response a little different. Instead of being harsh and critical, I see something different. And I see a, a man that's humble. I see a man that comes to Jesus and he ran. 
people didn't run a whole lot during that time. The only reason that you ran was that you were anticipating something you needed. You were rushing to have this conversation. So this man is bolting to Jesus. He wants to talk to Jesus before he splits out of town and he knows that he has to get to him. So he ran to him and he fell on his knees. Now, what does that show us? We see that when he fell on his knees, that was an act of reverence. We fell on his knees because he was respecting Jesus. We, we see that he fell on his knees out of importance to understand that Jesus' place was above him. And so we see this. He says, good teacher, and he refers to him as good. And he's not being disrespectful. He's not being rude. He's not being ugly. I truly think he looks at Jesus and says, good teacher, what must I do? to inherit eternal life. He says, I've done all these things. And Jesus is about to tell him that he's done all these things. What does Jesus say? Why do you call me good? He, he starts off right at the beginning by, by, don't you hate it sometimes when someone asks you, like you have a question and they, they answer you with a question. Anybody ever like, man, that aggravates me sometimes. Like, you know, um, what, time, what time is it? And then they go, what time do you think it is? Well, I, I can't tell the sun, you know, three, you know, it's, just don't answer me. And that's what Jesus did. The guy asked a question. Jesus answered with a question. He says, why do you call me good? He said, no one is good except God alone. And so that poses the thought, okay, Jesus is God. Jesus is good. But Jesus is pointing everything. He's, he's putting the emphasis on the Father. He's putting the emphasis on the Father. And he says, you know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Now these last, these are the last six commandments given out of the 10. These deal with a human relationship with each other. These deal with a relationship one-on-one. -on -one. And so, so as Jesus says these things, he's speaking to the man because he knows the man. And he says, teacher, he drops that, he's like, I ain't calling you good again. I don't want to. <laughs> he says, teacher, all these I've kept since I was a boy. He says, I grew up in this, this home and, and I've kept all these things. I, I've done all these things. And you may have missed it, but Jesus looked at him. And what's that say? Jesus looked at him and was disgusted with him. Jesus looked at him and said, I ain't got time for you, dude. I'm out. I'm on my way. Is that what Jesus said? What does it say? Jesus looked at him and what? Jesus looked at him and what? Loved him. Jesus looked at him and loved him. In this next little part, when Jesus looks down at this man, maybe he stood up by them, maybe he's still kneeling. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I talked about the personality of Jesus, not just this, this frail dude that we oftentimes see who's pale and long stringy hair and bright blue eyes and, all right, everybody, come to me. No, that's not, I don't think that's Jesus. I think Jesus is a tough looking dude. And I think that, that he is compassionate as he is strong. And when Jesus looked at him and loved him, I think everything in him, if I, 
I don't want to presume I know what Jesus was thinking. I don't want to presume to put words or thoughts in Jesus's heart. But in my mind, if I could just put myself in that story in the light of what I see here in the scripture, I just happen to think that Jesus, everything that he's about to say, he wants the young man to do. Like everything in him, he's just burning. He's just like, come on, come on, you, you can do it. You can give this up. You can, you can let go. And Jesus looks at him and he says, there's just one thing you lack. Look at what verse 21 says. He says, go and sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. I think when Jesus said that, he said it with love. He said it with compassion. He didn't say it to, to bestow guilt on the man. Everything in him wanted him to say, okay, all right, I'll, I'll be right back. I'll go. Hang with me real quick. Hang with me. And at this, at this the man's face fell. Literally, that translate as, translates as he was stunned. He's like, what? Wait, wait a second. I, I told you I wanted to follow you. Like I ran, I ran to come catch up with you. Like I ran to, to tell you what must I do. I wanted to know the answer, Jesus. I'm, I'm here. I want to know what you have to say. And Jesus says, I, I tell you, you, you need to go and you need to sell everything. And then after you've done that, you can come follow me and as soon as Jesus said that, the man's face fell. He was stunned. Some, some, uh, some translations say his face fell downcast. And he went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around him and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? And, and I think he was kind of, I think at this point, Jesus was just kind of saying to, the, to the, the guys that he's been hanging with, the disciples, he's like, how, wait a second, how, how, uh, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? I really think he gets kind of frustrated to this moment. Why? Because there's an exclamation point. I think, I think we see these things and we got to take them of what they mean. And the disciples were amazed. They're like, Jesus, this dude was going to follow you. And, and, and Jesus says again, he says, children, how hard, is it for the, uh, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier. And I think Jesus kind of just, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And I think at this point, he's just kind of, man. And the disciples looked and they were even more amazed because they're going, this guy wanted to follow Jesus and Jesus kind of shut him down. But and, like, I just don't understand. And then one of them said to him, he says, well, then who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And so if we were to put ourselves in the story, if you were to put yourself in the story as the rich young man, 
I asked you a question earlier. How many of you consider yourself rich? And what I mean by that is to have an abundance of. And our first thought right off the bat for some of us is money. We say, well, I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of possessions. So I'm not really not rich. Or some of you might have a lot of money and you might have a lot of stuff. But in other areas, you're lacking. And I want to pose, I want to pose a question to you this morning. For this guy, his riches was his wealth. That's what he had an abundance of. That's what he most, he, he put most of his time into. He put most of his focus on because he was, he was trying to make more money. He was trying to do more things. He was trying to, to get to the next level. He spent his time on his riches. He spent his time on the thing that was most important to him. And so I ask you today, what's the most important thing to you? And this is a tough one. This is one of those tough talks. Again, last week was a hard one and this one is a hard one, but I don't want to leave you without hope. We'll get to that in a second. But I need, we need to really seriously think, what do we, what do you wake up in the morning and live for? What do you wake up in the morning and desire? What do you wake up in the morning to, to hope to accomplish for the day? What do you wake up in the morning and put your focus on? Too many of you wake up in the morning and the first thing you grab is this. To see how many likes you got on your picture you posted the night before. Or how many retweets you had. Or how many snaps you got. Too many people, we reach for our phones. You say, Ryan, Ryan, my phone's not a big deal. It's, it, it really isn't a big deal. Leave it at a restaurant. What happens if you leave your phone at a restaurant? Oh, no. It's not that your parents bought a phone and you're like, oh, no, my parents are going to kill me. They just spent $700 on a phone. It's not that. It's like, oh, no, my contacts, my pictures, all my social media, all that stuff. I got to have my phone. You know it's true. You know it. And we're like, ah, oh. and I just want to pose to you. Maybe, maybe that's the most important thing. Or maybe it's academics and not, I'm not busting on academics, but the first thing you do is whew, wake up. I got a test today. I got to study. I spent, you know, six and a half hours last night. I got three hours of sleep, but I still got to study. I got to make this. I got to make the grade. I got to, you know, or for some of you, you're, starting to put together your science project, you know, the day of, you know, you know like, I got to get it done. You're, you might be a procrastinator, but you're really focused on that. And so you, you want to do everything you can do to get it done. And you're like, man, I got to go to school. I got to make the grade. I got to get into this college and I got to do this. Or maybe for some of you, you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is like, oh, I got to get in the bathroom. I got to paint the barn and I got to straighten the hair. I'm going to see that boy today in second period. I want him to see me and notice me. Or you dudes go in the closet and you're like, oh, I'm going to see her today. What should I wear? My basketball shorts or my sweatpants? Probably sweatpants. T-shirt. Which one? The one with a hole in it or the one without? And you're like, you, you, you put all your focus in that. 
Or maybe it's a sport. Maybe it's one of those things where you spend so much time trying to go to practice and you wake up and you, and, and you try so hard to do these things to get to this next level. And I just want to pose to you, what if those are the things that are your little G God, your idol, like this man, his money was his idol because he focused everything he had on his money. And when Jesus says, you need to drop it, he says, no. And for so many of you, I know you. You think I don't know you, but I know you. I've had the honor of hanging out with you over the past few months, and I've, I've just enjoyed it so immensely. But so many of you ran to Jesus and you say, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need him to change me. I need him to come into my life. I need him to make me new. And I want him to, I want to follow him with everything that I have. I want not just fire insurance. Yes, I, or no, I don't want to go to hell like that, like, Worm dieth not and the gnashing of teeth. No, I don't want that. You know, separated from Christ forever. Uh -uh, I don't want that. But I, I want more than that. And so I, you run to Jesus and you get down and you say, I, I, I need you. And he says, okay. And it's not a trade-off. It's not like you put your sin in this hand and you pick up Jesus with that hand. And it's like a, a negotiation and you like make it fast. It's like, here you go. I'm going to give you this and get Jesus. No, it's not like that. Jesus comes in and he comes into your life and he goes into the heart and he says, man, this doesn't look like me. We need to get rid of this and we need to kind of clean this area up. And for too many of you this morning, I really feel like, I really feel like we say, okay, Jesus, I want you to have my heart, but not all of it. I'm going to keep this little piece for me. I'm going to keep this little piece and I'm going to, I want to hold on to this for a little while. And I really think Jesus looks at us and loves us. And he looks at you and says, my son, my daughter, no, do you understand that it's not what you do because it's not about what you do because all this is already done you can't do enough. You can't say enough. You just need to give it all to him and say, okay, because of what you did on the cross, you deserve it all. Like you deserve my whole heart. You deserve everything of me. And that's what Jesus wants. That's what Jesus wants of us. From left to right, to front to back, from adult to student, like every one of us, that's what he wants. And he wants that so that we might have freedom in him. Because too many people say, well, he's just, he's sitting up in heaven waiting on me to mess up. And he's got this lightning bolt and he's just, mess up, Ryan, go ahead, do it, do it. Like, like, do it. Here it comes again. Car crash headache I don't know something bad like no that's that's not how Jesus works I think he, he's sitting there going Ryan I love you don't settle don't settle and if I could encourage you with one thing today if there's one thing that 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 I could leave you with this morning for hope is don't settle. Don't settle for what the world has because it'll leave you empty. 
and it'll leave you frustrated, it'll leave you worried. Follow Jesus. Give him everything. Give him everything. And I'm telling you, when we do that, when we have a student ministry that goes, okay, I give you everything. I give you my time. I give you my money. I give you my heart. I give you my relationships. I give you my heart. I give you my friendships. I give you my social media because I give you my heart because I don't want to settle. That's when it really starts getting fun. Because we can do all, the, all those things, but until Jesus does it, and he says, okay. Jesus, I give it to you. And he goes, okay. It's not like he just gives it to you and just leaves you alone. He comes in and helps. He comes in and helps. And it's not a due salvation. It's a done salvation because of what he did on the cross. Lord, I love you so much, and I thank you for these teenagers. Lord, this week I pray that they wouldn't settle. They're going to have a lot of free time. They're going to have a lot of time to be online, and they're going to have a lot of time to, to talk to their friends and hang out, and they're going to have a lot of time to do stuff. But God, I pray that they focus on you. I pray that they give you praise, they give you glory, they give you adoration, Lord. I pray that we lift your name on high. I thank you for them. God, I, I thank you so much for these teenagers. I pray that you would bless them this week. God, we love you and we need you. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Y'all have a fantastic week. See you in big church and then I will see you tonight.